Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good Friday morning. Asia Pacific markets are relatively muted this morning as investors stand by for the release of Chinese industrial profit numbers. They're due out at around 9.30 a.m. this morning. Tokyo and Seoul are trading marginally higher. Sydney is down about one third of a percent. The U.S. markets were closed overnight for Thanksgiving, but that didn't stop investors from selling off bitcoins in a major way. For more on that story and more, let's bring into the discussion Ryan Huang. How you feeling? It's Friday, Ryan. TGIF, Michelle. Indeed. So Black Friday, huh? Black Friday, Cyber Monday. What's on your shopping list? Oh, it's already in the cart. It's a infrared shiatsu back <laughs> massager that I can place on any chair. Wow. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Cryptocurrencies took a major tumble overnight. The price of a Bitcoin plunged along with that of other coins. It dropped nearly 3,000 US dollars or some 14%. So Ryan, people have been speculating that Bitcoins would hit 20,000 US dollars. It didn't quite get there, did it? Nearly, but not enough. So that was pretty much a story. Very close to reaching its three-year high that it touched, or rather it's a high in 2017. Uh, and this is around $19,511, just $7 away before the plunge started. And it dropped by nearly $3,000 and it's now settling at around $17,000. So a huge turnaround after a massive rally in the past nine months. And we are talking about 250% run up in the past three quarters of a year at least so that is a huge brown, um, jump and I guess what goes up must come down at some point and that's what people are saying Indeed Bitcoins came to within 7 US dollars of its all-time record high before the selling kicked in despite the overnight plunge though Bitcoins are still up 25% this month nearly 140, 140% since the start of the year. So Ryan, what are analysts saying and are cryptocurrencies likely to come under continued pressure now or is this a buying opportunity? Yeah, the thing of cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, is there are not a lot of fundamentals supporting the currency. So it's all around sentiment, around headlines. And what sparked that sell-off was some rumours or at least some concerns around tighter crypto regulation and of course with a huge run-up people want to take profit you can't just be buying it forever right some of the bigger institutional investors want to take profit off the table uh, maybe to do some Christmas shopping or Black Friday shopping uh, so all that saw that sell-off and then the question is what's going to happen from here and there are some starting to say hey this is quite similar to the action the price action we saw three years ago when we saw Bitcoin rallying so fast and then dropping. So is this going to be a bubble bursting again, so to speak? And I think what's worth noting is some of the skeptics or at least some of the observers are saying this is different because now you have more mainstream backers, the likes of PayPal, saying they want to be part of this ecosystem. They will let users buy and sell cryptocurrency. You also have some of the ETFs launching some products and some some um, investors like Fidelity International saying uh, they will be... Um, creating funds for investors to park their money in cryptocurrency. So there is a slight difference in terms of the level of demand and interest versus three years ago. So that could be something 
you might be more optimistic around if you read into these things. Mm. So, is this a normal pullback? I'm going to be examining that question with my guest. He's a professional trader coming on in the 10 o'clock hour in Money and Me. Let's turn to corporate news now where several headlines are shedding light on the state of the global economy, including which sectors are doing well and which are not. All right, let's start with Disney, whose theme park business has been battered by the pandemic. Ryan, more layoffs are in store for the Disney cast, right? It is, and the latest is 4,000 more jobs, and this will take a total to 32,000. So it already announced that it will cut around 28,000 sometime in um, September. That was just two months ago. And it's just done the sums again, and it says it needs to cut more jobs. And this is quite, I guess, reflective of how much the business has been battered by COVID-19. It's theme parks still suffering, and that theme park business hires more than 100,000 employees. So if this doesn't recover, you could see Disney under more pain. And it's not just the theme parks, you've got the cinemas. Mm. Uh, So the entertainment business where we've got a lot of people still not going back into the cinemas. Uh, They have to push back production. They have to push back releases like Black Widow. This was supposed to be a blockbuster this year. Mm -hmm. They had to push it back to 2021. So that is going to be uh, something weighing on Disney as well as the cruises that they also own. So this is seeing them maybe shift more, pivot more at least, to invest more in streaming. So a bit of a change in, uh, I guess, priorities for now. Yeah, Disney's uh, two parks in California, in Orange County. You know, all theme parks in California are shuttered. But if you look at the number of cases uh, of COVID at at Orange County, that area is still seeing some 20.2 cases per 100,000 people. So will things look up soon? It all depends on those COVID numbers, right? It's quite a different story over at Amazon where workers are getting quite a nice Thanksgiving surprise. Yes, a nice bonus. And this is for its frontline workers. They will be giving more than $500 million to frontline employees. It is going to be a one-off bonus. So what this translates down the line is you will get $300 if you're full-time or if you're part-time, $150. So that is going to go some way towards creating goodwill among its employees as well as maybe regulators because lawmakers have been slamming Amazon for their well treatment or mistreatment of their workers. So this could you know go some way towards soothing some of those tensions and they've been accused of not doing enough to protect their workers from COVID-19. Of course, this is going to be a stressful time for them with the huge backlog of COVID-19 or rather the Black Friday and Cyber Monday packages really clogging the warehouses so they will need every bit of morale booster they can get. Yeah, absolutely. And Amazon is not the only retailer to pay out bonuses as the holiday shopping season picks up. Walmart and Target have as well. And I have to say, I think the idea of a Thanksgiving bonus is a good one. Yes, I hope uh, more companies do it. (laughs) Plug, plug. (laughs) Now, another positive corporate headline this morning comes from Dyson, the company which is famous for its vacuum cleaners and hairdryers, is planning to invest £2.7 billion in three countries, including Singapore. That is right. So Singapore, the UK and the Philippines, all part of this figure of uh, investment, 4.9 Singapore 
billion dollars. And this is all part of his plans to double his portfolio of products and venture into new fields by 2025. So it's going to invest more in things like software, machine learning, robotics. And I think what is getting me most excited mm-hmm. about it is the efforts to commercialize what's called solid-state battery technology. And you think about it, everyone's investing in just jamming more features and products into devices. And these things need more battery power. And if you think about it, your phones have been struggling to keep up with all the apps and whatnot. So it is going to be really helpful if they come up with a game changer in the battery scene. And the battery technology has not really changed much in the past few decades. So this is going to be quite exciting to watch and it is going to be involving Singapore. So in our backyard, maybe you could see a new innovation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, an interesting theme I'm definitely tracking is energy storage for investment. And when it comes to Singapore and Dyson's uh, investment here, Dyson's also going to be establishing a new university research program right here in Singapore to drive its product development. So good for the intellectual uh, intellectuals in Singapore as well, driving discoveries. And uh, Dyson, not the only big international name to be investing here in Singapore. One of my favourites in the scene in the news this morning is Ray Dalio. What is the latest with the billionaire hedge fund manager? Yeah, if you are an investor, you would have come across his name. He is one of the legends in the investing scene. He is also the founder of Bridgewater Associates and he is opening up a family office in Singapore and this is to run his investments and philanthropy efforts throughout the region. So he's got a lot of connections with Singapore and the region and finally he is setting up a shop here, I guess, a family office and he's got a net worth of $15 billion and he's no, just one of the many who have been setting up family offices in Singapore. Some of the names uh, you might be familiar with, um, James Dyson, of course, one of them. Mm-hmm. Weibon Group was ramping up hiring last year. And another one, Sunrise Capital Management. This is owned by one of the billionaires behind Heidi Lau, uh, the hotpot chain. So you are seeing a lot of interest among the uber wealthy to set up shop here in terms of a family office. And when they do set up, their presence here. It comes along with their connections and uh, possibly other investments. So this could have potential ripple effects down downstream. Sticking with this positive theme, there are reports that Singapore's finance sector is hiring again, this after some recent layoffs. So what type of skills in the finance sector in particular are in demand here? Yeah, so this is interesting because it is based off uh, a pilot employment outlook survey by the MES. Mm. And they from the survey found out that the sector created 1,900 net jobs of Singaporeans in the first half of the year and what really led the demand or at least the roles that required um, talent was technology. This accounted for nearly 50% of the new jobs and this includes the likes of enterprise architects, infrastructure architects, advanced tech roles and this is interesting because it starts to I guess raise a conversation around the talking point do we have enough talent in Singapore to support support these uh, tech roles? And if we don't, are we willing to look elsewhere to invite these talents to come to Singapore? Uh, because you want the ecosystem to grow and this will create a bigger pie for everyone.
Mm. All right. We'll keep an eye out on those numbers there in terms of tech talent Singapore is bringing in. In other headlines, we've talked on the show about how the US dollar is coming under pressure. The flip side to that is that when the US dollar weakens, other currencies appreciate, and that can be a problem for countries like Thailand, for example, that depend on exports. So Ryan, I understand that the Thai central bank is trying to rein in the strong baht, but it's an uphill battle, isn't it? It is. And as you might imagine, a weaker dollar means a stronger currency for the likes of Thailand. And that is not good news if you are an exporter, if you want to be competitive. So this will make your exports theoretically more expensive for someone to import. And if you look at the appreciation of the Thai baht, it is up nearly 3% in the past month. It's the second most strongest currency in the region. And this is just after the Indonesian rupiah, which was up 3.2% in the same period. So a strong currency is really putting a few, um, I guess, pressure points and giving a headache for the Thai policymakers. Do they start to rein in the Thai baht from getting even stronger? So that is um, the Bank of Thailand's job now to be under pressure to do something to help exporters, especially with the economy going through a bit of a slump with the Um, demand dropping with the backdrop of the global picture not really so rosy so that is something Thailand is uh, going through but good news maybe Mm. for online shoppers because the Singapore dollar as well is getting stronger it's actually now trading at a two and a half year high now under 1.34 so good news if you are doing some online shopping on a American online store thank you for giving me permission to shop Ryan (laughs) All right, one last corporate story, and I wasn't sure whether to include this one or not, because we've seen so many episodes of this already, but here we go. TikTok, will ByteDown sell off the U.S. operations or not? They've got an extension. It reports that it has about, what, five days more to go? (laughs) Uh, Yes, so what we have now, another week. So it's the can being kicked down the road down the road, down the road. So the road is pretty long right now and they have another week to sort out the mess. Um, So apparently they have now submitted a, I guess, proposal to sort out what's going on. And this is now being studied by the Committee on Foreign Investment. And the excuse, or at least um, the claim, is that the committee did not talk to them in the past few weeks because for, for undisclosed reasons, perhaps they were... Uh, distracted with the elections. Mm. So now they seem to be able to engage with them and they have another week to have a meaningful dialogue. We'll continue with the you know story as it develops, of course. Keep an eye on it for you with all the developments. Singapore's factory output now. That fell nearly 1% in October. Now the drop has confounded economists who are expecting a big jump, not a fall in factory output here. So what happened? Okay, so this was off the back of um, weaker growth in both electronics as well as biomedical um, sector. So, in fact, the electronics sector dropped and that was all part of the drag on the overall numbers, down 0.9%, like you pointed out, and that misses expectations big time, which was looking out for growth of 7.3%. And I guess this quite uh, reflective of the wobbly fourth quarter everyone was talking about. It's going to be quite patchy as we head into the next um, year. So it is something not totally a surprise, but there is going to be some 
volatility uh, in the numbers as we round off the uh, the year. Yeah, and some analysts say they expect this to be a blip and not a change in uh, theme, so to speak, moving forward. Now, Singapore shares fell for the second straight session yesterday. The SDI dropped nearly half a percent to 28.57. It's still in positive territory for the week, though, up about 3% over the past five trading sessions. So, Ryan, how's the SDI looking this morning? And is it likely to end the week on an up note or succumb to further profit-taking? That's right, nearly 3%. And for the month, it's actually up 13%. And in the past three months, up 12%. So you are looking at perhaps some profit-taking for a second day. And um, you are looking at some of the names. Yesterday, DBS and UOB and OCBC, all three banks were a drag on the STI. If I look at what's happening this morning, mm-hmm. the wider index, the Straits Times index, is um, so far down. And I guess um, this is reflective of the cautious tone that we are seeing um, across the region. And it is down by 0.3%. 2,848. And looking at the banks this morning, um, they are rather mixed. You've got DBS in the green by 0.2%, but UOB extending losses by 0.7%, and OCBC pretty much unchanged right now. And another stock that could be worth watching out for, uh, SPH in the news uh, yesterday with a um, comments ahead of their AGM today saying they are looking for recurring income from their property business. So if I look at what's happening for SPH stock prices right now, mm-hmm. it is up by 0.8% at $1.24. He's Ryan Huang, I'm Michelle Martin, and you have been listening to Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.